Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks making love. American made. Listen up. Auto thoughts and Decepticlowns, you are listening to Prime Cuts, a non-linear history of the Transformers franchise on television. I'm one of your hosts, Nero. And I'm your other host, Audrey. We're in it now. It's time for the fucking Starscream buddy arc. Well, oh, Megatron, we're really in it now. We're really in it now. Yep, this is, I think, what Armada, this is the like the stretch of episodes that Armada is best remembered for is all of this stuff with Starscream and the things that come from it. Yeah. As it should be. This is the best stuff in the show, for sure. Um, Let's see, we watched... What is it, 33 and 34? 35 and 36. Tubi has scrambled my brain. Yep. I'm pretty sure the ones I watched were like season 3 episodes like 8 and 9 or something. I was like, I was sure fuck it whatever um, whatever whatever it makes lets you sleep at night to be yeah uh we uh we're starting off here with the first episode co- continuing right where we left off last week which in the dub is called rescue uh in the sub it is liberation yep same di- same pretty much same thing yeah um yeah. so I do, I do like the Vive la Resistance feel of liberation, though. Yes, yeah, we, the, uh, the Minicons do stage a little bit of a proletariat revolution in this episode, uh, which I yeah. am in full support of. Um, so, you know, about 20 episodes ago, the, uh, the, auto, the Decepticons invaded the Autobot base and did a whole bunch of shenanigans. Now it's time for the, the, the turns to table here. Um, to be fair, the turns did also table a few, uh, uh, some episodes ago as well, when they accidentally warped into the... Yeah, but the it was only hot shot, and he got his ass beat real bad. No, it wasn't. It was, well, it was him and Doubleface. So. Yeah, it was, it was, it might as well have only been hot <laughs> right. shot. Right, so, um, fair enough. Yeah, he, he got the shit kicked out of him, <laughs> quite literally. Uh, but this time, things are different because so Demolisher is uh, in his natural habitat, which is being forced to do manual labor and uh, complaining about it. Yeah, he's um, he's complaining about his top ten anime betrayal. He's mostly like he's, I, I can't. He's like I can't believe not only did Star- Starscream betray us, I'm the one who has to clean up his fucking mess. And he's like. Uh, I mean, the the big line here is like, well, I don't know where Starscream is, but if he really did betray Megatron, he's fucking dead. And then he's like, who's dead? And <laughs> he turns around and Starscream's there. He's like, whoa, hey, buddy, I, Starscream, hey, man, I was, hey, you know, I was just... I, I lived, bitch. Yeah, it's like, listen, I was just doing a little, you know, just a little bit of roasting, a little bit of ribbon, you know how it is. <laughs> Please don't kill me. <laughs> He's not that, like, whiny with just Starscream, but he's like, what the hell are you doing here? It's like, you're dead for sure, like, and Starscream's like, no, I'm fine, actually, as you can see, I'm still functioning, doing pretty well, 
Also, I have new friends. Yeah, brought some pals along for this little potluck of ours here. Uh, as all of the Autobots, except for Red Alert, just sort of uh, enter the room. And that's when, yeah, that's when Demolisher really starts to become the Andre the, the Giant gif here. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, he tries to, to run one way. He gets, he gets uh, you know, guys appear. He runs the other way, gets slashed by the Star Saber. But thankfully for him, uh, he manages Wait. to just sort of stumble. <laughs> so Starscream just has a really funny line when he slashes Ironhide, which is like, I'm going to kill Megatron, but first let me uh, shut your thin mouth. Yes, he, he says the same thing. He's like, I'm, I'm here for Megatron, but I might as well get rid of you first. As... Just the line, your thin mouth. I'm like, what does that even mean? But I love it. <laughs> uh, you know, he, so he gets slashed by the Star Saber. Luckily, he stumbles directly into the console with the alert uh, klaxon on it. So, you know, d- lucky. One, at least one singular lucky break for Demolisher. Yeah, listen, he's not Sandstorm. <laughs> yeah, um, so the alarms go off and like, you know... It's it should be within within any stealth mission planning like you know eventually it's probably gonna not be a stealth mission. Yeah, Hot Rod's like, oh man, that's a bummer. But none of them really seemed that put out by it. Yeah, it's like, ah, I thought we could keep that stealth bonus going for a little longer, increase our score at the end of the mission. But oh well. We can right. Sl- yeah. Drink uh, only. Yeah. So we we cut to the the sort of. Uh, the like throne room here when when everyone's hearing this klaxon and cyclonus has a great line here where you know everyone's like ah oh, fuck the autobots must have invaded our base and cyclonus says yeah right like they're intelligent enough to get past our security and i i i truly don't know where this man gets off insulting anyone else's intelligence yeah he yeah he's, he's i mean it's the same thing, but slightly reversed in the sub, where it's just, like, no one would be stupid enough to attack us. So, it, it's, it doesn't feel like the same way as him ju- judging their intelligence. Just him sort of, like, not believing that they'd be here. It's like, no one would be stupid enough to attack us in our own base. But, yeah, still. Literally happened before, and also you did that to them, uh, Cyclonus. You gotta think. I know it's really hard. I know it's really hard for you, but you do have to think. Stimulus, respond. <laughs> so, everyone runs towards the, the throne room to do uh, some, some shootouts here, but uh, Optimus kind of stops Starscream, who's very eager to go off and uh, kill the fuck out of Megadon. He says, all right. You know the base better than any of us do. I need you to go and free all of the Decepticon Minicons. And Starship's like, what? Come on, I I want to go kill Megatron. Well, he has a, to me, he has like a very interesting reaction. Because immediately he goes, sir. And so he's like immediately differential. And then he's like, no, wait. Let me rethink this. Because it's like, it shows that his like instinct is to like be deferential, but that he's like, wait, no, I, I don't want to defer to you actually right now. Yeah, hang on a minute. You know, I, I, I just joined your side. I don't actually really respect your authority quite yet. Um, and, you know, Optimus is just like, I'm giving you an order. I, I trust that you can help Perceptor do this because Perceptor has also come along uh, to kind of help with the Minicon freeing mission. Um, and then, then Optimus runs off to join everyone else in the throne room, 
And then Starscream also goes to the throne yeah. room. Uh, because he's not terribly good at, at following orders, uh, especially when he has a goal in mind. You know, he's he's got he's got his he's got his vision board up, and his vision board is just sort of various crudely drawn images of Megatron being murdered, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he has um he has like an entire um aesthetics blog and it's just uh pastel drawings of him assassinating Megatron. Yeah, and uh Megatron of course has the gun um and he he's just like he's just like you know Starscream I thought maybe yeah, traitor whatever, but a turncoat you really are a fucking lowest of the low slime bag. My expectation my expectations were already low and yet you you still managed to disappoint me. Good job Starscream. And Starscream's like, Thog don't care, die. <laughs> um, and Optimus is just like, a Starscream, I, I gave you an order to go help the Minicons. You need to, you need to forget this, like, vendetta and, and, and just kind of stand down. Uh, Starscream's going Starscream's like, I understood your decision, but given that it was a stupid-ass <laughs> decision, I've elected to ignore it. And Optimus says, okay, fine, hotshot, you do it. <laughs> He's just like, what? Oh, fine, whatever. Um, like, yeah, Optimus just like, listen. At this point, I I don't think Starscream's gonna listen to anything I say. He's he's got them. He's got the murder blinders on. He is just out to kill Megatron. And at this point, you know, it's like it's, he's basically says like, at this point, it might be best to just let him work this out of his system and leave him be. That's not, really funny. And just not try to make him do anything else. That's good. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Optimus understands exactly, you know, sometimes you can you can press the authority, but sometimes, like, you know what? Taking my hands off with this one. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, really? I mean, hey, he's he's the new guy. I mean, I, I it would suck if he got killed, but, you know, if he does, eh... We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It's fine. Um, it's uh, Megatron actually when he when he shoots Starscream because he does shoot him at some point and uh, I believe it is Hoist or you know Smokescreen who jumps in front to block the blast with the Skyboom Shield. He he actually says Adios Autobot when he when he shoots him to Starscream. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, cut back down to Autobase and all of the kids, you know, the usual thing of they're feeling useless. They're feeling like they can't do anything about this crazy. And they're right. Well, actually this time around, they, they do some shit with Laserbeak. I don't think they should be feeling so useless at this, uh, for this one. That's, that's true. They do, they do come in pretty clutch with Laserbeak, uh, in this one. Um, so like there, there is, uh. Like, it, it, it's just an all-out, you know, fucking firefight at this point. Uh, Sideswipe gets owned. Well, well, did we talk about Megatron leaving? Oh, yeah, Megatron. Uh, so, yeah. so, so when when he shoots, when um, Grat blocks the blast from the Astro Blaster, it, the entire room lights up brightly. And like, it, it, and back at base, the kids and Ratchet who are watching through Laserbeak... Um, through the Cyberhawk, also, it's just, like, it's so bright that even they're blinded, like, removed away from the actual uh, location of it, through seeing it through a screen. 
And while while this is happening, Thrust like, yeah, you're gonna destroy the base, homie. So why don't you just leave and we'll take care of the rest of this for now? And Megatron's like, yeah, okay, cool. And <laughs> once the light like dissipates and everyone is back to normal, it's like Alexam, he's gone. He's gone. The Thrust is in charge now. Mind freak. So yeah, uh, he's gone. No one knows where he is. Uh, Hotshot is on his way to to sort of find Perceptor, who is currently being chased by Demolisher. Um, Can I talk about one thing in the firefight before we get to that? Yeah, sure. So there is... Um, so, so two things, actually, which is... So the, the, the firefight begins, and Stepper's like, Haha, I learned something from my senpai. Check this shit out. Uppercut! And he goes towards uh, Shockwave, and just gets, like, swatted away. Yeah, like, <laughs> like <laughs> running into a wall. It's hilarious. Yeah, and, and um, Scavenger, who he falls right in front of, says, You know, maybe you should try fighting opponents more your size class, buddy. Yeah. And then the last thing, the last thing we see before, uh, yeah, Devastor is literally just like, you're an idiot. Um, and then the last thing we see before we cut over to, uh, Bumble trying to find the, uh, the other Microns is Hot Rod trying to make a break for it and Rampage interrupts him and is like, I'm going to take it down. And Hot Rod goes from zero to 60 so quickly. He literally, he's like, get out of my after one second of looking at Rampage, I won't hesitate, bitch. He's in the dump. He says, "Get out of my way, you creep!" As he as he shoves past him, <laughs> you creep, Rebecca. It's not what you think. <laughs> I won't hesitate, bitch. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Perceptor is, is cornered by Demolisher, uh, who who is sort of struggling to capture this tiny little robot man. Who granted? Is on rollerblades, um, basically. But, you know, it, it's still a very small man with no... Perceptor doesn't have guns or anything. Um, and yet, he he manages to evade Demolisher for quite some time, but unfortunately accidentally goes into a corner. This is when Laserbeak uh, swipes across Demolisher's eye, uh, you know, stunning him to give Perceptor time to escape. Yeah, um, it's good. So you know he. Uh, I don't know if does. I don't think Hotshot shows up quite yet, right? Because first, what happens? Yeah. Is... Yeah. So yeah, you know, Cyberhawk. The Cyberhawk's able to distract uh, Ironhide for a brief amount of time, but again, he starts firing up and bumbles in front of him, going like, "No, I'm just a little Micron bo- guy. I'm just a little Micron, and it's my birthday." <laughs> So he dodges. He 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 escapes the big man covered in guns. Unfortunately, he encounters the much bigger man who is also covered in guns. As he, as he as he almost runs right into Tidal Wave, who instantly yes. just lifts his foot up like time to squash bug. It's so interesting, like. You guys really, or or the dub really has Shockwave be much more sentient than he he is in the sub. But he basically only says two things in the sub. Yeah, it's just like his, it's just his name, right? His name and then the the modifier for it, Strongarm. 
So he goes around saying strong arm shockwave. That's it. Like that is his only dialogue. Yeah, that's interesting. He is he is certainly not like chatty, but he is still like he he can form sentences. Uh, yeah. They're they're very straight and to the point, but like he can talk. He's like Hulk levels of sentient. Yeah, he is just a big motherfucker who hits really yeah. hard. Um, what I like here is the Perceptor decombines to uh, to dodge the stomp. That's a cool move. I like that. Yeah, we saw it earlier with Jet Convoy, except uh, Optimus almost died that time. Yeah, so that one was a little bit more of a desperate situation. <laughs> um, but you know, at this point, yeah. So he escapes tidal wave and eventually stumbles into uh, where they, you know, they find all the minicons. And it turns out they've been real busy uh, building a spaceship. Yeah. Well, they haven't been real busy. They've been real conscripted. Yeah. Well, you know, that's still busy. It's a busy no one wants, but you know. Yeah, were the Jews in Egypt busy building the pyramids? Hard to call that one. (laughs) So, one thing here... um, this is a huge, gigantic crowd of minicons, and there are a bunch of minicons we haven't seen before uh, here and here. There are also a bunch who are simply recycled character models of other minicons, including ones who should not be on the moon. Um, I believe two of the Skyboom Shield minicons are among the crowd. Um, I, I think there are a couple of the race team that are on here as well. Who are also Autobot aligned, like, and then there's like color swapped uh, street action team ones because like it'd be real hard to render, you know, a dozen different mini cons on screen, two dozen yeah. at some points. Who do you think they are? Animators? <laughs> sometimes they are, but uh, sometimes. Mm. Mm. So, the Perceptor's running around trying to talk to everyone, like, hey, we gotta get out of here, we gotta go. But uh, they're still, like, they're still working. Uh, and, you know, all of this is delivered in Minicon bleeps and bloops, so I don't know what they're saying, but I can uh, infer. Um, then Megatron's like, ah, there you are, you little shit. Trying to, trying to fucking start a union up in here? I don't think so. Yeah. You, Megatron's like, I'm not anti-union, I just don't think a union is right for the Decepticons. <laughs> so, um, he grabs Perceptor. Literally, I'm coming off of a union negotiation session two hours ago, folks, so <laughs> don't, uh, don't doubt my commitment to union motion. Hopefully it goes better than the negotiations Perceptor's in with Megatron as he just sort of grabs Perceptor by the head and holds him in a chokehold. This is a hostile workspace! And Megatron's just like, alright, everyone, back to fucking work. Uh, this, uh, we, we gotta we gotta finish this project, alright? Um, but hey, we got a special guest in the studio tonight. It's the Micron Philharmonic! Yeah, so, um, all of them drop their tools or whatever they were they were holding. And they sing the the weird Minicon song that you know, Blastoff sang a few episodes this ago. Is, this is a robot equivalent of, like, little girls singing the Freddy Krueger song, I think. Yes. And Megatron's just like, what the fuck is going on? 
everyone in the base is is reacting like like it's like everyone can hear and everyone's just like what the hell alexis says it's the most beautiful thing she's ever heard in her life um they the sound of a cyber angel so they the the minicons have all just surrounded uh megatron and are just staring at him and he's like you dare you fucking dare like sass me like this um and he just grabs leader one who is uh a scab clearly at this point um and just starts firing into the air like everyone get back to work or i will start blasting yeah luckily uh before that can happen hotshot shoulder checks his ass Oh god, it's a really good shot, actually. There's, like, a lot of... There's, like, a lot of weight to the movement. Like, you can watch it and you actually feel it. Yeah. It's like... one of those those shots. Again, I and, and under no circumstances do you have to give it to the Transformers Armada animators. I but... think we should give it to them when they do a good job. Because most of the time, clearly what the problem is that they just had no money or time. <laughs> Small things. Um... But, like, this shot, like, you really, it's, it's, there's that really good pause you get for, like, half a second when something, like, when a, you know, unstoppable force meets an immovable object or whatever, of, like, this pause when the two connect before Megatron sort of goes flying off to the side. Um, it's, like, a really heavy movement shot. Um, and, and it's, like, a very visceral thing to, like, feel while watching it. So, it's he a good shot. He and Hotshot start fighting, uh, and meanwhile, Perceptor uses that opportunity to start evacuating all of the Minicons and directed them towards the warp room. Um, at some point, Tidal Wave shows up, uh, and, and, and that is when Hotshot says, hmm, I am going to leave now, <laughs> and uh, sort of transforms and drives off with Megatron in hey. pursuit. So you know that comic about the Skull President and the Tantrum Hole? <laughs> yeah. That's sort of what I think of here. So, Tidal Wave, you know, he's a big boy. He's a, he's a thick lad. Um, and he decides, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow them. I'm gonna go help Megatron. He makes his own little tantrum hole in the wall. He does get stuck in the hole. Um, and, and, and the smokescreen walks up behind him and goes, Oh, man, are you stuck? Well, it looks like I'm gonna have... I, let me help you. But then somehow Tidal Wave actually does get unstuck. And smokescreen just goes, Oh, uh, whoops. Bye! And gets socked on the jaw for his troubles. He's just... He can't catch a break. Um, you know. And, and here, Sideswipe yet again showing... He may be uh, the world's worst warrior. He is certainly the worst fighter among the Autobots, but he's very good at coordinating evacuations and breaking codes. He's <laughs> he's like a he's he's like a uh, he's like, he's he's like the supervisor basically. He just like just let him do all of that stuff. Well, you know, you have Jetfire or Scavenger do all the cool fighting. Yeah, I mean, what else is he gonna do? Um, the, the Hotshot and Megatron's fight has spilled out onto the surface of the moon, uh, and it's not going great for Hotshot, because, you know, he's got the Requiem Blaster, he's got his Fusion Cannon, he's got Tidal Wave glued to his arms, 
And that's just a, that's just a lot of guns versus Hotshot. Hotshot only has two guns. Yeah, the, I mean, um, when, eight guns, seven Baganias. <laughs> when he has Hotshot at you know seventy-five distinct gunpoints, um, <laughs> in the dub, Megatron says, "It seems <laughs> you're trapped like a rat. This amuses me." And he's about yeah. to, you know fucking Gross. blow his head off he's like he is all right so just to just to clarify what i mean when i say mm-hmm. 75 guns literally he is holding leader one in gun mode he has his fusion cannon like deployed like his entire gun turret from his tank mode is is deployed and facing forward he has the requiem blaster and he's combined with tidal wave and he I, looks like shit for it. He is just a fucking walking artillery platform, and he looks ugly as fuck, but you know what? He can obliterate anything that stands in front of him. He um, kind of looks He kind of looks dib in that um, episode of Invader Zim, where um, Zim slowly re- replaces all of Dib's parts with um, pig plushes. Right. Or Aang yeah. in the fucking gigantic armor uh, from Avatar that he can't even move in. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Starscream swoops in and circumcises him real quick. With Star yeah, Saber. just the tip. Just the tip. Um, and Megatron is like, well, what the fuck? Starscream, you dare? Yeah. Uh, so, to be clear, when I say just the tip, I mean an entire cannon. He, like, cuts off Megatron's main cannon. One gun down, 40 more to go. Um, but it's a big gun. It, this what, is important. It, it's his, also his probably his favorite gun, and that yes. that is the moral damage that really matters here. Yeah, uh, Starscream's uh, Starscream's red Machiavelli. He's going for the psychological warfare angle. Yeah, and, and Starscream just basically like I have outgrown your fucking like Sun Tzu. <laughs> do them dirty in front of the minicon. Um, <laughs> So yeah, Starstream basically just says, "I have fucking I, I I am I have moved past your like sphere of influence. I'm my own motherfucking person now, and I am going to kill you." Uh, and then Which is, Hot- yeah, well, he like looks over. He's like, "All right, Hot Rod, you ready to do this?" And Hot Rod's like, "Absolutely, homie. I've been waiting for you to say it." And they have, and they go and attack Megatron, and it's a sweet as hell. Like, double attack, where they both fly and kick him. Yeah. But it's also like, dude, you have the Star Saber. Just kill him. You gotta finish him off. Just well, do it now. Yeah, I assume that they were about to, and that's when Optimus runs and is like, Hey, everybody. Uh, all the Minicons are safe. Let's head out. We uh, That's what we came here to do. Came here to rescue all the Minicons. And Starstream's like, I mean, that's what you <laughs> yeah. came here to do. To you, it's a UFO. <laughs> I... I had a different agenda on here, and Optimus is like, well, unfortunately, uh, you're an Autobot now, so you can either follow my orders and retreat, or stay on the moon to kill Megatron, and then probably, you know, get, get ganked by the other Decepticons who are still back in the base. Well, so it's actually it like it is. It is. It is more colored as like you can either choose to come back with us and, and stay an Autobot, or or remain here and and you know 
be like fend for yourself. Yeah. Fend for yourself. Prove that you are you are the Decepticon that everyone thought you were. You know, alone or together. Your 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 heart or your programming is what he says. And it's like it is a long time. It is like thirty seconds that they stay staring at each other. Which, folks, thirty seconds may not sound that long, but I, I if it sounds like a short amount of time to you, I ask yourself to just like look at another person in the eye for thirty seconds silently. It is and a long time. It is like a long time, and they they do that, and then it like cuts back to the base. You don't see, we don't really see the resolution of it. See, because it cuts back to the base where the microns are still like flooding in, and all the kids are like, "Yeah!" A whole bunch of new friends. See, the dub solves this by just having Optimus constantly talking during that, <laughs> oh, no. and Starstream just like going. Mm. I mean, there's. I mean, Optimus does speak for some of it because he says, you know. The whole thing that you just said, like, you have two choices. Like, you can either follow my commands or you can go on your own. I'm not going to stop you from making either choice, but, like, those are your two choices. Yeah, um, yeah. We cut, We just cut back to the base and Starscream looks real unhappy with his choice. He seems like, you know, he he, 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 he says, like, there there is no right decision and just storms oh, out of the command center. so two things. One is that the music here is hilarious. Because it's still, it's like this really deeply dramatic orchestral music as they stare off, which continues over to them cutting back to the base and all the kids like rejoicing. Yeah. And it's like a minute of like all this like happy imagery while this super dramatic string instruments, like string instrumental plays yep. in the background. Yep. So that's really funny, first of all. And then uh, what he actually says in the sub, which I actually like better than what you just said, is like AO and voice, that was no victory. Right. Before storming off. And then Alexis says, I'm sure he'll come around. Oh, girl. <laughs> Next episode. Mars. You'll get yours. Mars. Let's talk about Mars. Yeah, I'd love to talk about Mars. Which is the name of the episode. Uh, for us, it's Mars Conflict. Just chopping that, chopping that title in half. Um, we open on... A real Starscream angst fest here. Hey, um, hey, asshole, why didn't you try doing any of this on Megatron while you had the chance? You absolutely could have just sliced my man in half. You really... While, before Optimus showed up. You could have done it. You could have done it. Yeah, just having all these fucking weapons... Are, like, the Star Saber is the one that, like... We see we see that what the Requiem Blaster does to a motherfucker. Um, it's bad. But... We never see anyone really get it from the Star Saber as of yet. Like, we've seen that chop off, like, wings and, like, arms and stuff, but it's always seemed like repairable damage. You could, you could, you could fucking Metal Gear Rising Zendatsu Megatron with that fucking thing. But he doesn't. Instead, he does it on some rocks. Well, I mean, I guess it's better than, like, other things he could do. Honestly, like, this is a pretty healthy way for him to get out aggression. Yeah. And the kids are just watching this. All things considered. Yeah, the kids are just watching this, and and Rad and Carl's are just like, boy, he, uh, he looks like he's got some issues, huh? And Alexa's like, mmm, he looks like he's got some issues. (laughs) And walks off, and the others are like, well, hang on, where are you going? So, Um, uh, yeah, he's, so... They're, like, watching him do this, and he's, you know, 
going absolutely apeshit on these rocks. But he gets to a point and he suddenly stops. And Carlos is like, oh, is he tiring himself out? And we see Starscream is at the edge of a cliff and underneath him, unlike sort of the desert area where he has been just annihilating rocks, um, sort of a lush plains stretches out before him. And Starscream is like overcome by like the beauty of Earth. And it's sort of like it's a nice moment where it's like Starscream for the first time sort of understands the worth that Earth has as a planet. Um which I, I think you, you see we will see increasingly as this season goes on. But it's a nice like moment where, you know, Starscream is struck motionless and speechless by the beauty of the nature that he sees. And of course this has been a big Captain Planet show to begin with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was that whole conversation Sideswipe and Hotshot have in uh, past part one, I think. Um, I mean, there's uh, there's literally rad in every episode. Yeah, rad Being every... Trees, trees are us. Um, unfortunately, in the dove, this this it kind of it's kind of ruined by uh, Starscream inner monologue, just sort of continuing no! to be like, I I really gotta kill Megatron, man. That sucks. That defeats yeah. the purpose of the scene so much. He still sits down and like tells he tells the uh, the Star Saber Minicons like, "Hey guys, let's let's take a break." The Star Saber Minicons and Swindle, uh, who is still here, um, and so you know they they walk off to do whatever Minicons do in their free time. Um, and Alexa sees her chance. Yeah, she walks up and and, and Carlos is like, "Hey, wait, hang on, Alexa, I don't know if that's a good idea. That guy's fucking crazy." Um, she's like, don't worry about it. I yeah, have a plan. And she's just like, hey, you know, I'm really glad that you uh, you care for the minicons. Like you you understand, right? Like you know that they they, they just want to be left alone and and live in peace. Interesting. And Sarsha was oh. like, fuck off. Yeah. I, so again, I, I think because of the the difference in the sub just a little bit earlier with you talking about the inner monologue, the conversation here is slightly different where Alexa approaches Starscream and she goes, the flowers are really pretty, aren't they? I've been thinking flowers, maybe daisies. <laughs> um, and Starscream looks at her and he's like, yeah, they are. Wait, no, fuck you. You're a pest. Bye. <laughs> I'm leaving. Um, then we cut up to the moon and well, Megatron is doing the exact same thing. He's also very mad and shooting moon rocks. The best animation in this entire episode, which which looks considerably worse than the previous one. There's some wonky dog looking shit. shit in this episode. Call um, what it is. It's dog shit. Yeah, it looks bad. But there's a there's a good Sakuga shot of, of Megatron firing the Requiem Blaster at a random mountain. Um, which is so for some possible reason, to say if it's bad or good. <laughs> which is for some reason where they put all the money for this episode. Um, personally, I would have saved it for the Mars segment, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm not, you know, the, 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 whoever, you know, allocates the funds for Transformers Armada, but we cut to, um, the Decepticons. Who are all look really normal. Yeah. They <laughs> so. listen, I, I really hate to invoke this name in any podcast that I do. But uh if you've 
if you know RCDR, don't look them up if you don't know them. But if you know RCDR and you know the way they drew trans characters, that's sort of what we're going for here with proportions. Uh, yeah, especially Demolisher. Um, Wheeljack just has a real, real fucking tiny head, which is really funny. Um... But yeah, they're all just sitting there looking and going, ah, woo boy. Uh, Megatron is real pissed about the whole base invasion thing. We should probably just, like, leave him alone for a while. Um, Thrust walks up behind him and says, hey, uh, fucking slackers, get to work. Stop gawking. Um, And, you know, they, they walk off and that immediately... Instantly, as soon as he alo- he is alone, sideways his voice says, Hey, Thrust, you want to hear about some cool shit? Psst! Hey! Hey, Thrust! Psst! Hey, Thrust! Hey, Thrust, look at me. Bitch. You want to hear about some forbidden lore? And Thrust goes, Oh boy, do I! <laughs> um, so he runs to sideways' voice, who, who manifests on the moon. Um, and he's like... Okay. Wait, I, I just want to say what what Double Face says here explicitly into Japanese, because it is, in my opinion, one of the coolest lines that has been said in this entire series so far. So what he tells Thrust is, so that they get talking about, like, the weapons, and uh, Thrust is like, well, you know, Megatron has the Astro Blaster now, so, like, whatever, we're Gucci. And Double Face responds by saying, the Astro Blaster alone isn't enough to make the universe tremble. <laughs> I would love to make the universe tremble. Tell me more. Um, and, like, knowing what we know about what Double Face is up to, like, obviously that's a huge... Yep. Like, that's a huge thing. But, like, that is such a raw line. Yeah, Sideways consistently says the coolest, most ominous shit. Make the universe tremble. Shit! So, he's like, alright, here's the deal, Thrust. So, you got these three weapons, right? And they're all extremely powerful on their own. Now, I want you to imagine this. Use that big old squid head of yours to imagine. What if you put them together and they were even more powerful? What if you combine them? Shit gets real good. And Thrust, you know, he's like, all right, I, I'm listening. I'm hearing you sideways. Thrust, Thrust is finally the reading the do not separate them tags on all the merch he buys. Yeah. And I love the this this is a dyna- I, a dynamic that will continue between Sideways and Thrust where like Sideways instantly knows all right this guy is a fucking easy mark he yeah he's smart but he's also real egotistical and I can just sort of massage that into getting him to do what I want like thrust character development is so fascinating to me because he really is introduced as this insanely like strategic and intelligent you know military man and he's like very quickly shown to be a fucking moron all that all that head is just for show it's all empty in there um and it's like yeah he is he is um he is always desperate for approval and so inside of it's like hey so you know i've got the secret to just winning this whole war uh, all you have to do is get all of those three weapons together, and you've got it. And of course, he disappears before you know telling him anything specific 
about what to do, but Thrust has the idea planted in his head and is, of course, like, instantly obsessed. Yeah. Um, auto base, it's a minicon alert, uh, and everyone is, is Wait, trying well, to figure... <laughs> Sorry, just very quickly. Thrust it... So, like, Doubleface leaves and he's like, anyway, bye, and Thrust is like, well, I can't trust Doubleface, I know this. Unless... What? Yeah, it's like, all right, well, that guy is clearly, you know, the, the least so trustworthy person stupid. on the planet. However. Yeah, he's that so sounds, goddamn stupid. That sounds cool as fuck. You know you know the dynamic between Ocelot and, and, and Miller in Metal Gear Solid 5? Eh, no, That's, because I haven't played 5 yet. That's the only one I haven't played yet. Well, it, it, Thrust basically did it to himself in this scene, where it's like, well, clearly we can't trust that. And then Ocelot comes in and says... But it'd be pretty funny, wouldn't it? God, we keep ending up in MGS circles. They, 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 they just keeps happening. We're gonna, we're gonna do it one day. I'm we're telling gonna you, we're gonna it. podcast about it one day. It's gonna happen. So it's the auto okay. base. It's a minicon. Uh, it's a minicon alert. And you know, it's it. Uh, there's a very funny bit where wherever where it looks is like, well, uh, it's in space, and instantly Sturgeon walks into the room and says, "Is it on the moon?" <laughs> That's no, good. we don't get that in the sub. Yeah, he walks in, he's like, hey, is it on the moon? It's like, no, it's on Mars. <laughs> Mars needs like, microns. I don't know how the fuck it got up there. Um, how did you? How did you just ignore my very funny joke? Being on Disney minus as you because are because I don't want to think about that movie ever again. <laughs> I have quarantined it away in my brain, and if I ever remember anything about it, I will start like <laughs> screaming and writhing on the ground like a Lovecraft pro- <laughs> protagonist. Um, but, is it is it hosting a podcast with your friends fun? <laughs> it's great. So yeah, basically, it's like well, it's on Mars, and I'm not even gonna bother as- figuring out how the fuck this guy got to Mars, considering that the the ship crashed into the moon, Earth's moon. So I assume this guy just got fucking yeeted really hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, listen, just look at like. The meteor that killed the dinosaurs. So shit gets shit gets blasted up. Yeah, and so everyone's like, "Oh man, Mars! We only got two guys that can go to Mars because you know it's Jetfire and and Starscream." That's why it needs microns. And Jetfire says, "Actually, it's just Jetfire. I'll do it on my own." Uh, so this is this is uh, the um, Starscream and Jetfire are exes getting back together rom com episode. Basically, it is, yeah. Um, Starstream's like, no, I'm, I'm gonna go with you. And Jetfire's like, haha, no, you're not. I made gonna... this joke. I made this joke here, and then it becomes increasingly true over the course of the episode. Oh yes, literally. They at the point where they get handcuffed together. I was just yeah, thinking about that. Yeah, that would be. Like, that ah, would be. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Um. So he goes. To, so Jetfire walks to the warp gate. Um. And there's a very funny bit where he's like walking in, and he, he just he just looks down and goes. Uh, and everyone in the control room is like, what's wrong? And then it cuts down to him looking down at Carlos, Billy, and Fred in fucking spacesuits. Like, you like, bring us to Mars, I won't go to Mars. And he's like, eh, no, maybe I'll bring you back a souvenir or something. Uh, if Elon Musk can do it, I want to go. And then Starstream, like, pushes past him and says, move, I'm gonna go, Mar- I'm gonna go to Mars. Yeah, he's like, I'm going ahead, bye. <laughs> Josh Farr's like, hey, fuck you. Uh, so they're out, they're on Mars. Um, 
we see Thrust. Thrust is informing Megatron. It's like, hey, uh, so there's a Minicon on Mars. Jetfire and Starscream are en route. And you know that guy. And, and you know, I bet they're going to have the sword and the shield. And apparently he has, al- he has already told Megatron about the, like, the sort of combination thing that the weapons can do. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, I have it on good authority. Do not ask me what that good authority <laughs> is. That- <laughs> where, where, where did you hear this thrust? Uh, Don't worry about it is where I heard it from. Just a little, a little birdie told me. Don't, don't literally worry. don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't ask. Um... And so they, they've sent Tidal Wave out as, as the sort of primary spacefaring Decepticon now that Starscream has swapped sides. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's really Mars funny. time. I hadn't thought about that, that they really don't have anyone now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got Demolisher as a tank. Uh, Cyclonus is a helicopter, which is not a thing that you can usually fly in space. I guess Thrust can do it, but he's definitely not going to be the guy who's I mean, like... As we see, both Thrust and Megatron are able to be yeah. spacefaring. But... You can just warp, but you—they're they, definitely not like comfortable in space. Yeah, it is not their preferred zone. So this is actually the first time we see Jetfire's Minicom partner, uh, Commodore, who's a fucking Mars explorer. He's a Excuse little, me. He's a little rover guy. And Jetfire sends him out to go search for the Minicon. Um, and Starstream's like, all right, cool, I'm going to go look for Megatron, bye. And Jetfire, you know, looks at looks at him, looks at the dust storm rolling in and goes, ah, fuck. And Starstream's like, I love to get dusty, fuck off, bye. I'm a, I'm a dirty boy! <laughs> um, and he... he he is in the middle of this fucking Martian dust storm, you know. It is the funniest thing. He's like, Megatron, where are you? He's yelling into this blitz of yeah. a cyclone on Mars where, like, Megatron clearly isn't. He sees, like, a vague shape in the distance. Like, is that you, Megatron? And Tyler just goes, no. Dumb fuck. Um... Yeah, it's Tidal Wave, and immediately <laughs> Starscream, like, it, man, Starscream is fucked up here, so... He uh he goes to fight Tidal Wave in this dust storm, and Tidal Wave just like dodges the slash, and just grabs like the 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 sort of overhang part of Starscream's back and just tears it off. He just pops it off like a fucking it's, figure. It's bad to watch, actually. It's like whoop. Um. Uh, yeah. Listen, I know that uh, certain parts of the toy are meant to be. You know, you, it, it, with with a, with an amount of force, they're meant to be detached and reattached. I don't think that's one of them. Uh, so Starscream, having his uh, ass pulled off by tidal wave, basically, just goes crashing into a ravine. <laughs> just, yeah, you know, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> he just cannot move, um, and he like sends the minicons to go get help. Girl uh, help. Is a girl help. Uh, he just stands there feeling sorry. Like, he just sits there in this ravine, probably in horrible pain, just thinks, man, what the fuck am I doing here trying to be an Autobot? I can't do this shit. I'm on Mars. I got my ass pulled off by a big boat. 
what is my life like right now, man? Like he's 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 basically like I, I I am an alien among my peers in the Decepticons, and I am also feeling alienated among the Autobots. I don't know where the fuck I belong. All I know is that I need to kill Megatron. Meanwhile, like this entire time, everyone on the Autobot side has been like. Starscream, we love you! Yeah, but he can't hear it because of the dust I know. storm. But, and, like, everyone is, like, so surprised by it. But, like, literally all the, like, Hotshot has, like, I hope Starscream's okay. And Alexa and all the other kids look over to him and Hotshot's like, what? He's our comrade now. Everyone's uh, so like, we fucking love you, Starscream! Very funny. In the, in the dub, it's, uh, Hotshot says, man, I hope Starscream didn't do something fucking stupid. Uh, and then uh, he turned around and he says, I mean, I hope he's all right. Oh, that's a shame. Sort of, sort I actually, I really, I really like it in the in the sub. Yeah, so like the sheepish part is him being like, listen, he's a he's an Autobot now. Like, I'm gonna care about him the way I care about any of my other comrades, and I think yeah. that's really sweet. Actually, that's a so, shame. Jetfire is you know trying to find the Minicon, but also trying to find Starscream. Uh, you know, this dust storm finally clears up a little bit, and he is led into the ravine by the air defense team and Commodore. You know, he's like, oh, there, Starstream, you look pretty banged up. And he reaches out to help him up. And he's like, all right, come on, let's go get that Minicon, buddy. And Starstream decides to be difficult, as as he is wont to do. Um, he's like, leave me here. It's better if you do. And Jetfire's like, okay, you know what? I'm real sick and tired of hearing about Megatron and you wanting to... Yeah, new tactic. A fucking gay baby jail. Yeah. we. You thought this was a rom-com before? Newsflash, asshole. Yeah, it's it's so funny. It's like, leave me here. I, I'll face Megatron on my own. And Jennifer literally, literally just goes, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'm tired of this. I'm, t- I'm sick of your shit. We're going home. I'm tired home. of being nice. Yeah, and he literally just handcuffs Starscream and says, you're under arrest for insubordination. We're going home right now. Fuck the minigod. And uh, we he, he radios back. And he's like, all right. I have cuffed Starscream and I am taking him back to base. I'll come back for the Minicon once, you know, I've I've sorted him out. And everyone's just like, oh, man. Oh, jeez. Come on, Starscream. And, like, they're floating through space. And and Jetfire is like, listen, buddy, I get it. It's hard to, you know, adjust to the way that we do things from you know being a decepticon where it's all cutthroat and you know fucking machiavellian type shit but uh we work as like a team like a unit and we support each other so stop running off on your own and doing dumb bullshit all right no i will never change i will never improve that is a promise and uh, yeah I, i think at some point uh but his sister says something else about Megatron. He's like, "I'm just here to kill Megatron." And Jeff Hartley says, oh, "I'm sick. I'm so sick of hearing about Megatron from you." Um, and that th- this is when Starscream sees the Minicon, uh, and the W is like, "Oh, look, look over there!" And and Jeff Hartley goes, well, "Oh, yeah. what do you see, Megatron over there?" Yeah, so it's it's a little different, and and Megatron's like, "Sorry, Starscream's like, oh, I see him. I see, I see him." Yeah, he says, "I and- see him." And, uh, yeah, a Jetfire is like, who, Megatron? Fuck off. And the Starscream's like, no, the fucking Micron, come on. And uh, Jetfire's like, oh, shit. Uh, all right. So Yeah, I'm listening. What's up? So they go floating over. The, the Minicon is actually on 
like an an, an asteroid surrounding Mars. Um, so they're 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 trying to fly by and pick it up, but unfortunately, you know, Jetfire has his hand full, and Starscream is the one who's who's kind of reaching out to grab it, but he can't quite get there. And so he's like, "How about you take these cuffs off, asshole?" But just then, uh, tidal wave shows back up. Uh, yeah, and he he's, repo- he's here to ruin everything. Very yeah, he slowly. Re- he reports and is like, "I found the Megatron." Um, and Megatron's like, "All right, sick. I'm heading out." And he just he just heads over to that warp gate, lickety split. Um, yeah. He's so like, thrust, I'm fucking trusting you on this shit. <laughs> you better not fuck up on this one, thrust. Um, I hope though. I hope whatever source that your information comes from is reliable. And it thrust, is like, for thrust, sure. Thrust just sort of tugs his car like. Mm. So, like they they manage to awaken the minicon, who is uh, I believe this is Firebot. I think I want to say. Um, we and, are well past the point of naming microns in the. Oh yeah, oh I'll bet. Like he doesn't get a name in the in the dub either. I just know that this guy's name is Firebot. Um, and he is sort of just as just as Starscream is about to grab him, tidal wave starts swooping in and and, and forces them to fall back. Um, and like this this minicon is paralyzed, and as tidal wave is sort of looming towards him, um. And this this is the point where where Starstream starts yelling at him like you got you got to fire you got to fight back uh, you, trust me man you don't want to yeah. be a Decepticon. It's it's interesting. So yeah, so again, so Jetfire is dragging Starstream away, and Starstream is sort of begging with his whole pussy, right? Like uh-huh. he's like you you got to fire. He's like the 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 Autobots will protect you. We will not use. They will not use you. He doesn't use we. He says they. They will not use you as uh, a tool of war. But if you want to, like, you don't want to be Decept- a Decepticon. Trust me, you do not want to be a Decepticon. And if you have any chance, if you're going to have any chance of not being one, you need to fire now. And he's like pleading, like really, really desperately. It's really interesting. Yeah. And he, Firebot does fire and blasts Tidal Wave uh, fucking out of the sky with a big old chest laser. Um, unfortunately, this is when Megatron appears as like, hey, <laughs> what's up? Um, I'm here to fuck you guys up. And he just, he, he, he wastes no time and is like, all right, time to fire my cool gun. So I have a question about this. Yes. This is not the first time that these three weapons have been in the same place. No. Well, technically it is. No, it's not. Technically, in this close of a vicinity it is. Because the first time, uh, the Skyboom Shield and the Star Saber were the things that actually, like, awakened the other two minicons. But the blaster was never really in... The, the like, because, and I'll tell you why. That's not true, it came straight to Optimus. No, I'll tell you why, because remember during that scene, Megatron tossed the Skyboom shield away after they clashed. So the Skyboom shield was off somewhere else. Like You are not going to make me believe that it was further away from them than that they are in space here, though. They're pretty close right now, honestly. Um, regardless, what happens is that all three of the weapons start glowing in a huge 
ball of energy sort of explodes in the middle of all of them. Uh, and all of the comms go dead. But not for long. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's fine. Yeah, Jetfire calls and says, hey, sorry, that was fucking weird. Uh, anyway. Uh, I'm fine. I got Starscream. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I got the Minicon. And, and, and I think it's Alexis who's like, hey, what about Starscream? Oh, we don't get anything like that. We just get, like, all, the, like, them looking concerned. And then <laughs> Jetfire being like, oh, yeah, and Starscream's fine. And Starscream being like, fuck off <laughs> yeah no, it's it's pretty funny in the in the in the dub everyone's like asking hey uh, uh, hotshot is like i think hey where's starscream and and jet is like huh who's starscream i've never heard of any of that guy and then starscream just goes yeah very funny <laughs> shut up and everyone's everyone's very happy to hear starscream meanwhile dun, megatron dun, 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 dun. was knocked on his whole ass by that just knocked yeah. the fuck out Jetfire, Jetfire, and Starscream immediately make their way back. Like uh, yeah. Starscream shoves shoves the Micron into Jetfire, and they're like, "We outie, bye." Yeah, they put him in the cargo bay, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, Thrust goes over to wake Megatron up, and Megatron goes, "That was the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. We need those other two weapons." Do it again. Do it again. Yeah, <laughs> do do it again. Um, so they're back at base. And Jetfire's informing Optimus about what happened, and he and Optimus is like, "That seems really bad." Uh, just for now, I think this should stay between you and me, Jetfire. No, no one else should know about this one. This seems like sensitive information. Uh, Je- thankfully, <laughs> there are no third parties at all who have sort of a dubious loyalty who know about this at all. Wait. Did they not mention Starscream here? I mean, I don't think he comes up directly, but like the oh, clear implication is like yeah, he absolutely don't. comes up directly. Jetfire's like, yeah, I'll make sure Starscream knows as well, not to tell it to anyone. Oh, I think he does say that. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell Starscream not to tell anyone either. But the point is, Starscream knows, and that's already something to worry about a little bit. Maybe, or maybe he's the good guy, and he's going to be an about for the rest of the show. Uh, you know, judging by this next scene. He's 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 on he's on the up and up here because the boys come up to Jetfire and they're asking for their souvenirs, but he's like, ah, sorry, man, all the gift shops on Mars were closed. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a great line here. God, I can't remember where they get to. Oh, right. So one of the one of the throwaway gags earlier was that. Um, so Jim, Billy, and Carlos were all in their spacesuits, right? And yeah. Uh, Jim is trying to scratch his nose because it's itchy, but he can't do it because he's in the spacesuit. Oh yeah, this is a really good one. Yeah, yeah so, so it's <laughs> it's a it was like a throwaway joke earlier, and so like now that Jetfire is back, they're all like interrogating him about like his adventure in space, and Jim's like, "But you couldn't scratch your nose, right? Wait a minute, where even is your nose?" And it Jetfire literally has a moment which is like, "You can't just ask people from Africa people why they're white." <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like it's here but i'm not sure i like what you're implying yeah <laughs> uh and also earlier on during starscream's you know ravine angst time after his ass got pulled off by tidal wave um he like crushes a, a mars boulder and like uh, 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 a a gem studded mars rock kind of falls out of it um yeah 
And so when Alexis comes up and, you know, is like, hey, I'm glad you're all right. Uh, I, I hope, you know, you kind of uh, actually says, like, I heard what you said to that minicon and, you know, that you, you were the one who sort of convinced him to join us. That's real. That that uh, that's real cool of you. And yeah. He's like, yeah. Starscream. Whatever. Starscream says that Flareon is the only fully evolved fire type that can't le- learn <laughs> solar beam. And Alexa goes, I can't not fuck him. And Starstream just like he says, "I need you just leave me alone. I'm tired. I gotta go get. I gotta go get my ass glued back on by Red Alert." So he leaves, but it's just a little Cinderay. Yeah, but he leaves behind the Mars rock because all of the kids were bummed that he didn't get a cool Mars gift, and uh, you know everyone's real super fucking psyched for this Mars rock. And and Alexis sort of looks looks after where he went, and, he's, and she thinks, you know. I think the day is going to come soon where he joins the Autobots for good. Yep, that's basically it. Sure, Alexis, don't, uh... You know, it's fine, we'll see. Next week he'll be fine. It's fine, when he's, don't worry when about he's, it. When he's, uh, first gentleman. So, that were, the, the, that were these episodes, and while the animation was, let's say, hit or miss, as it usually is, um, you know, most I guess miss. I never miss, huh? <laughs> I guess I always miss, huh? Um, yeah. The 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 storyline is finally picking up. We're getting into the good shit of, of Starscream's like very conflicted loyalty and like trying to figure out where what he wants to do with himself. Yeah, I'm glad we got more Jetfire. It's been a little bit since he was at the forefront of an episode. Yeah, I love that guy. I like he's he's just like a I I I quite like Armada Jetfire's energy. Just kind of like. He's the cool commander. Yeah. Yeah, no, he becomes the cool uncle so that, you know, Optimus, Optimus can take is... over as dad. Yeah, he is dad now. But uh, that'll be it for this week. Uh, don't worry about any of the synopsis you read about next week's episodes. I'm sure it'll Just be Just don't fine. read the synopsis. Just don't do it. Let us do it. Let us be the sole delivery. Let us be the sole way you consume this media. Don't even watch the episodes, ever. Just listen to our <laughs> podcast. Just listen to us and look at the screen caps I post in Transformers Watch. And me. Because I posted a pretty good one. Yeah, there's a very good one you posted. I, I post every fucked up Cyclonus I see, which happens a lot. Uh, so fucked up Cyclonus Watch. Fucked up Cyclonus Watch. It's, it's, it, 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 you know, it's, that would be a very... Uh, our know, shot of greed. Segment. Yeah. Oh god, no! That would be uh, we'd be blasted every fucking episode. And so we got questions over here in the comic <laughs> channel. Um, two from last episode's period that got sent in after we recorded that we'll go ahead and do now. Um, for for the uh, you know the 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 episodes where Smokestream got his shit kicked in by a laser. Overlord Bunny asks. Which protagonists from other franchises would be good Decepticons? Which antagonists from other franchises would be good Autobots? Swapping it up on us here. Um, Hannibal would be a good Decepticon. I mean, yeah, but is, I guess yeah, I guess he's a protagonist. I mean, kind of. Um, all right, sure. I will. Yeah, no. To be fair, I, I think Will is more of the protagonist. Yeah. Hannibal is a whole Will, other deal. I would say Will would actually probably be a pretty good Decepticon, though. He would just kind of stumble into it, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Hmm. You know, 
I feel like my boy Emmett Selleck from Final Fantasy XIV could make it as an Autobot. Who? What antagonist could make it as an Autobot? All right, this is kind of like a cheat answer since it's a redemption character, but Gara would be a good Autobot. Oh hell yeah! I mean, yeah, any like any antagonist who goes through a redemption arc is a, is an easy answer. It's like ah, Zuko, Catra. Like no, that doesn't count. That don't count. Um. I feel like Catra still counts kind of as a villain. <laughs> she never becomes nice. No, she's a, she's she's well, she she's trying her best. She's improving herself yeah. as a person. She's not quite a Vegeta who literally just never improves as a person. Yeah, <laughs> she she, she's the only person who's like I didn't become nice. I just became gayer. Yes, exactly. Vegeta, actually, you know, Vegeta, I want to see him as an Autobot or a Decepticon because he's also technically a protagonist. The boy has range. MousyCon asks, is there any difference between Transformer names and Warrior Cat names? No. They're very similar. Actually, there is one difference, which is that Warrior Cat names, from my understanding, actually are more regimented than Transformers names are. Yeah, they're, from what I understand, there's like a, you know, they got their different, like, little pokemon type slash like tribes like, i don't really know it has to be yeah it has to be like tribe plus like it's something with like age or something i don't know all but, i can like, think of is is the fucking bit from that mabim bam episode where griffin just reads a whole bunch of warrior cat names uh, there there are there there i i think when we have a guest on we could do a transformer or warrior cat segment and I bet I could find some ones that'll really throw them off. From the people who brought you, is it Drill, uh, Hamlet, Shakespeare, or Kanye West? <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. All right. Um, Casarachnia, these are the current questions now for this group of episodes. Uh, if a Transformers series took place on another planet slash moon in our, in our solar system, which do you think would be the coolest? I mean, there have there is a very cool bit of um, I don't know if it was still Robots in Disguise or if it was just ongoing at that point, but there's a bit in the IDW comics involving Jupiter that is very cool. Um, if you know, you know. It involves the Great Red Spot and Astro Train getting absolutely fucking owned. <laughs> Poor boy. <laughs> That's a, let's see, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think Jupiter could be cool, but, like, the issue is that, I think, you know, yeah, contemporary settings wouldn't have anything there. Yeah, I mean, here's the issue about, I think, it, realistically thinking about space, which is we just don't know enough about it. Like, I don't know enough to say that any other planet would be you know like a a cool spot for this to happen in i mean i guess like i think it's jupiter where it rains diamonds right uh a few of the gastrons i think it's neptune where it rains diamonds but you know you gotta you gotta get pretty pretty far down to get the to get to that but i mean for me it's definitely like what's the coolest uh like location a bunch of robots could fight I mean, Io, which is, like, just a constantly exploding volcanic nightmare rock. That could be a cool place for some guys to fight. Titan. Actually, Titan looks kind of boring. It's like a sort of a foggy red planet. 
the answer is definitely not Mars, though. I'll say this. Let me tell you something. Mars, highly overrated planet. It does not. (laughs) Highly overrated planet. The only reason we go there is because it's close and it looks pretty from a distance. Mars overrated. I'll get to my favorite planet later, but... Actually, you know what? I want to see them fight on Venus and slowly get, like, crushed and burned by the pressure. Kind of a sicko answer there. I think it could... You could have Predaking and someone fight on Venus with that, you know? Just some real combat sickos. All right. (laughs) Which character... Katsarakian asks, which character is who in the I am in misery Reese's Puffs meme? All right, okay. Ratchet is, um, I saved dick by giving it CPR. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like uh, Starscream is I am in misery. I am in misery, and, uh, hot, <laughs> hot shot is Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs, eat em up, eat em up, eat em up. <laughs> yeah, I think we got it in one right there. I, <sighs> the hardest one, the hardest one is, uh, figuring out which one is Cupcake. <laughs> I say dick by save dick by giving it CPR. I save dick by giving it CPR. What's and finally from Cass, what is the coolest sentient weapon in fiction and why is it the sword from Dave the Barbarian? Not familiar. Um Sentient Weapon. So my answer to this is sort of a cheat because it's unclear how sentient it is. But I'm gonna go for it. Um my my answer is Psyka from Dudarara. Um, so Psyka is a demon sword that possesses anyone that it cuts. Um, and it does that way. It does that to spread its love. What a, what a nice sword. So Psyka, Psyka just wants to be loved and it does so by stabbing people and possessing them. And there is one character in Dudara who is like Psyka's master, basically, um, who was slashed by Psyka, but like retains her like autonomy, basically. Um, and uh, so like she is Psyka, Psyka is her. And everyone who gets cut by Psyka loves, just wants to like spread the love. So they become like very zombie like and be like, join Psyka, join Psyka. Psycho. It's, like, it's like a weird hive mind. I like that. Yeah, I just really like Dudara, but like Psych is good. I'm trying to think of like a good sentient weapon. I mean, there's the joke sword from Metal Gear Rising that is like the 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 kendo, uh, the wooden sword with Solid Snake's ghost in it. Only in the Japanese version, though. I mean, I immediately went to like Soul Eater. Yeah, but I see. I never watched Soul Eater, so I don't have any real familiarity with that uh, area. But if we're talking dubiously sentient weapons, I have always really liked how One Piece thinks about cursed swords. Oh, yeah. Like, the shit that's been going on with Zoro lately is really interesting. It's insane. Like, there is... It's not like the swords like are sentient or talk, but there's always this aspect of, of really good and strong swords that are like... It's a battle of wills. Like a, a cursed sword isn't necessarily a sword that has a curse on it. It's just a sword that is like you need to be able to like best this thing in the battle of wills to tame it, basically, to even use it. 
and uh, the, that is a current thing that has been going on with Zora, where his he almost uh, burned his own hand off with a sword. His his arm is dying. <laughs> Click like to make it die faster. God. Um, Carshmello asks, "What transformer would you take on a road trip? But would they also have to be your vehicle?" Silverbolt. Yeah, I mean, Silverbolt's just cool. He's just a cool guy, but I mean, I don't know how good conversation he would be, but he would definitely be like, I think you could open it. You, you could like go on a road trip and, and form a bond and learn a lesson with Blur. You're right. I also don't care if he's good conversation. I have podcasts. There you go. Maybe like, you listen. You can both listen to podcasts and just enjoy them in silence. Yeah, he'd look good. He'd drive fast. I would like to be in Silverbolt. <laughs> Red Alert also seems like he'd be good company. Plus, if you ever get hurt, hopefully he can fix you up. I don't know if he knows anything about human doctoring, but, you know. Yeah, actually, you know what? Blur. I I, I think Blur just like a chill time. Cool car. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, Cosmo's side piece asks, What if Transformers took place on Earth, but long after humans went extinct and a new species took over? Honestly, Spec Evo Transformers is a cool fucking idea. It's... Reverse Beast Wars. Yeah, Beast Wars, but reverse, I want that now. Fucking give it to me. Just like a bunch of weird fucking, like, Spec Evo aliens as as the uh, as the alternate forms. Alright. You know, that's what Beast Machines should have been. Transformers Enterprise. There you go. <laughs> they, they they clarified with what I'm saying is what if Transformers took place in like Splatoon or Pikmin or Kirby? I mean, there was an Autobot versus Decepticon Splatfest. I don't remember. Was who there won. really? There was yes. Uh, I believe that was around the time Rid 2015 was wrapping up uh, the cartoon. So yeah, there were there was in fact an Autobot versus Decepticon Splatfest. I th- think the Autobots won because people are basic. But, you know, it's no taste. Fine. Overlord Bunny asks, If you could have any weapon from any franchise actually be made up of little dudes, what would it be? Mm. Oh my god. Uh, what if a thing was a bunch of guys? What if a Gundam was many, many little men stacked on top of one another? Oh, they are. What if it was that for... What if it was just like... Have you ever seen Batman Ninja? No. Well, first of all, you should watch Batman Ninja because it's insane. Um, but in Batman Ninja, uh, there is a bit where a bunch of monkeys sort of stack on top of one another to form a gigantic kaiju-sized Batman to fight uh, a, a, a Voltron made out of, like, feudal Japanese castles that the Joker has built. Okay. What I'm saying is you should watch Batman Ninja because it's that. It's like that. Um, but I don't know. Weapons that would be funny little guys. Weapons that would be funny little guys. Again, I'm trying to get like my brain out of the like gungeon zone where right. I'm in. Because where so many of them are funny little funny guys. Funny little guys. Um... Or, or, or you know, um, sex pistols who are funny little guys that go in a weapon. Right. Um, I don't know. Hard. Maybe the, like, Iron Man armor? Oh, man. All right, yeah. I mean, it basically does... I was about to say, what if it talked to him? But it, it does already talk to him. 
But what if it was a bunch of little guys? That's what I'm uh, really going to. I'm like, what would be the funniest for it to be like a bunch of little guys? And I think a bunch of little guys moving an entire armor in sync would be very funny and good. What if all of Bayonetta's uh, guns were different funny little guys? What if every strand of Bayonetta's hair was a different oh. funny little guy? Oh, God. I'm moving on. <laughs> you can port Armada Starscream into any other Transformers canon. Which is most interesting and which is funniest? He can replace he can replace a local Starscream or not. Your choice. Mm. Uh, into G1 because he'd be so fucking embarrassed. Oh, God. Like, being forced to replace the fucking clown show that is G1 Starscream? He would be, he would be so, he would, like, unalive from the shame, honestly. Yeah, and also, like, let's be real, Megatron is dumb as fuck in that show, too. So, Starscream would warp in, he's replacing an idiot, he's being forced to work for an idiot, he's just like, I don't want to go home. Yeah, this sucks. most interesting. Like, Armada Starscream is such a particular, like, kind of character that slotting him in most other places is really hard. I'm telling you. He, 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 he ends up in, in G1 when uh, <laughs> uh, Starscream goes to uh, Avalon. Fuck. He gets isekai'd. Yeah. Wait, G1 Starscream does get isekai'd. Yeah. Man. With Rumble. <laughs> with that's uh, not that's uh, not someone I'd want to get isekai'd with. I don't know if I want to be stuck somewhere with a Rumble. Yeah, well, the Starscream goes through a lot of uh, trials and tribulations in that episode. He goes through a lot of trials and tribulations. There's in a his lot of life. bird poop. There's a lot of bird poop in that episode in particular, though. Casey Cosmotector asks the important question: Which solar system planet is the best one? Saturn. That's um, a, that's the answer. Yeah, I think. I think I would actually have to also go with Saturn. Jupiter's a close second, but man, those rings and like it's got so many freaky little moons around it. The rings like, are just so cool. Like I really can't argue with the rings. It's got to be Saturn. It has a permanent hexagon on its north pole. You know, yeah, maybe the the, the at first the cloud layer kind of looks a little bland compared to you know whatever the fuck is going on over in Jupiter, but. Saturn is just so cool, and it helps that, like, we know so much about Saturn because of the Cassini mission that was there for, like, two decades. We have so many gorgeous, like, photographs of Saturn and and, and its surrounding system. You know, I've already said my piece on Mars. I think it's uh, highly overrated. It is just the closest that we have to Earth. That's it. it. it is technically not the closest, but nobody wants to go to Venus because um, it's like that. No, I mean closest to what Earth is like. Oh yeah, it is the it no, is yeah. both. It is it is the closest to Earth in uh, in in sort of composition and and, and habitability, yeah. sort of. And, that, but that's the only reason why it Venus occupies is, the space that it does. Yeah, Venus is the nearest planet. For a while, Venus was the one where everyone was like, "All right." So we looked at Mars's surface. Um, everything it, it doesn't look like life could be there. But Venus over there, what's behind those clouds? And then they looked behind the clouds and they said, "Ah, hell is behind the clouds." 
it's okay. Mm, a boiling planet is behind the Let's, clouds. Yeah, we uh, we keep sending probes down there, and they last about three minutes before they get pancaked by the pressure. So that's why no one's been studying Venus. Or all of the study of Venus has been uh, through orbiters, because you know you can't put things on Venus. Uh, and finally, Casey also asks, which is your favorite Sailor Scout? Uh, which uh, I don't have a lot of. Ex- I, I I never really watched any Sailor Moons. I had I have two. So Mercury is my favorite of the Inner Senshi, and then um, Saturn rearranged my brain chemistry when I watched Sailor Moon as a small child. So um, those are the Saturn? two. Hang on. Saturn is Hokuto. Um, she is the ah. Sailor Scout of Destruction. Or devastation, oh. depending depending on who she is. Um, she is so crazy powerful that um, she had to be put into um, a child. Um, that like she basically had to have her essence put into a child that like didn't remember who she was. Um, and uh, there is a scene that made me cry. One of the first times I can remember crying watching TV is a scene where. Um, so she destroys by like reversing time and uh, i mean i guess sailor moon spoilers but it's been out for two decades homies uh three almost um so uh there's a scene where basically at the end of it hokuto's like i understand that like i cannot coexist with anyone else in the universe i have to destroy myself um, and so she, like, starts the process of, like, reversing her entire being to, like, re- erase herself out of existence. And Usagi goes through, like, this war zone and basically, like, comes out holding this baby. Uh, which is what Saturn has been reduced to by the time Usagi gets to her. And it made me absolutely sob as, like, an eight-year-old. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. I like Sailor Jupiter because she's big. Yeah, she her her big, yeah. <laughs> as much as I know about yeah, Sailor no, Moon. no, you're not wrong, Makoto big. Although I'm looking at Sailor Saturn in the Google image, she has a fucking cool like Naginata as a weapon. She fucking does, yeah. No, she she rules. I I I, I love Hokuto. She again, like watching that episode rearranged my brain chemistry when I was a kid. Very well. Here we go. Yeah, she seems like she's pretty cool. Um. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch Sailor Moon sometime. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll watch this classic anime that everyone loves, you know, 30, 20 or 30 years after it's out. <laughs> you like Shira so much. It's so funny to me. <laughs> I know. I still haven't... I have made it halfway through Utena. I gotta finish that, too. Yeah. Um. I stopped what after was the it? black... <laughs> Oh, uh, so to cre- uh, finish the trifecta, you need to watch Princess Tutu, because yep. uh, you know that the the creators of Princess Tutu and uh, Utena both worked on uh, Sailor Moon, right? And the fucking every- oh my god! Everyone jokes. Everyone jokes that Princess Tutu and uh, Utena are like. The funniest, most opposite reactions to tuxedo that come from working with t- t- tuxedo masks that you could possibly imagine. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. I stopped, and I stopped. I watched Shuvertena after the Black Rose arc, so I'm sure things will be real normal once I pick it back up. 
Looking at that, oh, it looks like it's called the Akio arc. Oh, uh, yeah. Normal. Like, literally, Ikuhara, who did Utena, um, tried to kill Tuxedo Mask off like three times before they eventually told him, you can't do this. <laughs> um, because I, I, I've, in his own words, he says, um, straight romances bore me. Holy shit. Heterosexual romances bore me. So that's why all his shit is like that. Um, King shit. Meanwhile, Ito was like, tuxedo mask handsome. What if I made ballet anime about him? Now, how does this tie into the cars? Oh, so, Nutena? Yeah. Yeah, Nutena? What um, about the cars of the movie? Oh, there are cars before the movie as well. Um, oh. Listen, everyone, every magical girl show has to have a transformation sequence, and sometimes that transformation sequence is into a car. I don't understand what you're, what the challenge you have with this is. You're not the only one who can turn into a car, Tenna. I become a car as well. It's true. We've been Prime Cuts, folks. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Prime Cuts Pod, and you can uh, join our Discord, which you absolutely should. We're gonna. I, I think we have about enough people. We can have a Jackbox night soon. Exciting! Hell yes. I need to get to work on some emotes. I got that funny Starstream face, and I also need to get a really high-res picture of Thrust's head. Don't worry about it. Um, you can also... We're, we're part of the Noise Space network of podcasts, noisespace.xyz, where you can find a whole fucking veritable feast of different podcasts, like Zero to Zero about the DCEU. They're about to start Birds of Prey. Very excited. Kyle XY about a very obscure ABC family show. Is uh, it obscure? Got, it's pretty obscure, I think. I feel like Huh. I feel like the only thing anyone remembers about Kyle XY is the like initial marketing push. Um like that's the only, I I I guess it's not obscure in that like if you say Kyle XY to someone, they'll probably like Oh, yeah, the show about the kid with no belly button, but that's the yeah. extent of it. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, you got, uh, you got, like, Wow Cool Robot about Gundam. Uh, podcasting is Forbidden in the Cloud Recesses about Modao All sorts of good stuff out there, folks. Whatever you want, we got it. Uh, you can, f- I'm Nero, you can find me on Twitter at Dragon Smoocher. Uh, you can find my various other projects in various other places, such as at Disney minus pod on Twitter, where, you know, I, I watch various things that have been spat out by Mickey Mouse's foul media machine. Never talk to me about Mars needs moms again. (laughs) It's, it haunts my dreams. Um, we, uh, you know, speaking of funny cars, next episode, Herbie rides again. The original funny little car. Uh, the inspiration for G1 Bumblebee, in fact. Anyway, you can also find me and my friend Jane's uh, complete she podcast at Podcast of Power on Twitter. A, a sort of, you know, analysis podcast about that great show. And our follow-up project, which I prom I say it every week, folks. It's gonna be out soon. Radio Free Heidelin at Heidelin Radio on Twitter, a comprehensive companion to Final Fantasy XIV Online, the hit MMO that you cannot play the free trial of currently, but you can buy. It's good. Uh, that's at Heidelin Radio on Twitter. That'll be starting up soon, and that is it for me. 
I'm Audrey. You can find me on Tumblr and Twitter at Optimum on Prime. My funny robot internet joke. You can also listen to the other podcast I do. It's also on Noise Space. It's called Pod of Greed. You can find it on Twitter at Pod of Greedcast. It's about Yu-Gi-Oh! We're in GX. Great googly moogly. Everything is going to shit. It's getting real weird. <laughs> GX said, things are going to get weird. I'm going to make it st- weird. Yeah, it's, and let's be clear. It started weird. It was never normal. Yeah, I mean, as someone who really likes Dual Monsters, GX was not my jam at the beginning. And I still don't like it as much as I like Dual Monsters. But you have to accept that it is a very different show than Dual Monsters was. And much less serious than it. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a little bit even, all over the place. Even even as we get into like things like genocide, it is still much less serious somehow than Dual Monsters was, which I is wonder, a wild thing to say. You know, I wonder if 5Ds will be more return to your speed. Because I remember that being way more like serious plot and character focus. Yeah, that's probably... Uh, that, from my understanding, it probably will be more my thing. Um, it's really Elliot's thing, but um, yeah. Um, but that's basically it. So um, until next time, I'm going to contrive some um, silly scenarios to uh, hook two X's up together again and transform and roll out. I am going to run forward and take a leaping kick to deliver a, a brutal blow to my opponent and immediately shatter all the bones in my foot because the guy I kicked is just way too big. And then I'll just sort of roll all around on the ground and cry about it. Peach! Peach. <laughs>